Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Charming Chronicles podcast, episode five, where I review manga from the shoujo genre all the way to romance and even isekai. I am your host, Empress Chronicle. Hope you're all having a wonderful day, and this is your daily reminder that God is good. In this week's episode, I'll go over the first volume of The Villainous Turns the Hourglass, a Korean novel turned webtoon with the original novel being written by Sun Sobi and the art done by Ant's Studio. You gotta love some of these Korean names <laughs> for webtoons. <laughs> like the authors, obviously, it's all in the name of anonymity, right? But they are really, really creative and really funny. Uh, sometimes it could be like, oh, this user's name is rice paddle right <laughs> and they wrote like a really intense story but the author goes by the pen name <laughs> rice paddle by the way i don't know if there's actually a a uh, a novel writer an online novel writer that is rice paddle but i'm pretty sure that it's <laughs> that it exists somewhere and for clarification because i forgot to mention this it's um not the not the title of the webtoon the korean usernames are very very funny half of the time because very, very rarely I've noticed that they use their actual given names. It's more of along the lines of like some <laughs> something really, really funny, like the gum stuck on one shoe. Trust me, they're out there. <laughs> Just wanted to clarify that. But moving on to this week's review, since we are talking about Korean webtoons, in this case, it would be a Korean manhwa. And it is called, once more, The Villainous Turns the hourglass it was a originally a korean webtoon uh before that it was a novel so it was a novel that became a webtoon and is now printed in english in a physical format and let me tell you if you have not read any webtoons they're really good okay <laughs> i really enjoy them i really really do thank god they're translating these because there are a lot of webtoons that have amazing stories and I know fairly recently they have, what's it called, uh, Solo Leveling was originally once more a novel turned webtoon and now turned into a actual anime, which again, Solo Leveling has been out for a, quite a long time, but that's something different, right? That's a different, that's a different one. I'm just trying to tell you guys, if you haven't read webtoons, I'm pretty sure some of you guys have already have. They're really good. Give it a shot. They're all in color and, you know. Different mediums bring pros and cons to each, but they're very, very fun. In the webtoon, The Villainous Turns the Hourglass, the story is set around our main character, Arya, who was unjustly killed by her stepsister, Miel, at the beginning of the story. I know it sounds very intense, like, wow, the story opens up with, <laughs> with her dying in the beginning, and yes, it's, it's how it starts out. It's not gruesome. It sounds a lot more intense than what I'm making it out to be, but it is how it starts off. In her final moments, Arya finds out that she was set up by Miel, her stepsister, to be beheaded. I'm pretty sure, like, but what did she do? You know, like, what, what did Arya do to deserve that punishment? Of course, the reader isn't told exactly what happened verbatim, uh, but it's mentioned by Arya in the next couple of pages that she wasn't a very good person <laughs> and she still admits that she's not. And essentially what ended up happening was that 
Arya was so mean to Mio up to a point that Mio got her beheaded. <laughs> and as Arya's final moments come to a close right before she gets beheaded, Mio comes up to her, right? And everybody's like, no, don't go. Don't go to her, Mio. She, she's bad. She doesn't deserve your mercy. Miel's like, no. Very, think of Miel as the evil stepsister, right? Who, who pretends to be all nice and good. But under that surface, there is someone who is just very, very nasty and will do anything and everything, even killing you, to make sure that her position is not threatened. That's the kind of person Miel is. Now, our main character, Arya, She's not any better, okay? She's not a good person either, but she admits it. She admits it. And she also is a manipulator. <laughs> I know, they both sound like bad characters. But follow along, right? This is a revenge story, by the way. This is a revenge story, so keep that in mind. So in her final moments, as I was saying, Miel comes up to Arya, and Arya is like, no, Miel, you know, don't feel bad. It's not your fault. No, this is your fault. Uh, don't feel bad for what's going to happen to me. Miel calls her stupid and tells her, how dumb must you be? Like, you haven't even realized the position that you're in because I did that. And Miel thanks her for making it so easy to put her, Arya, to death. <laughs> and as the thing falls and Arya is essentially killed, she wishes in her final moments that she can redo a couple of things in order to get revenge on Miel because in her final moments, as I was saying, she sees everything flash before her and starts to realize, like, what a fool I've been. I've been playing straight into Miel's hand this whole entire time and I have nobody to blame but myself. In her final breaths, Arya's wish is granted and she wakes up years in the past as she is having dinner with her mother and her new stepfamily. She had joined this noble family after her mother, a prostitute, became Count Rosen's new wife, making her mother a countess. Arya soon realizes, as she's having dinner with her new family, the opportunity that she has been given, and she quickly decides to put a plan in action to get revenge on her stepsister, Miel, especially since Arya still remembers the events that are going to happen in the future. Think about this this way, right? Arya remembers everything that had happened to her up to that point of her death, right? She is sent back into the past, but that doesn't mean that she had forgotten what's going to happen in the future. I know there's a little uh, suspense of disbelief with these stories, right? Because how does one person remember each and everything, each and every event that's going to happen into the past? But again, suspense of disbelief. And so because Arya remembers who is who, who's going to be important in the future, and what's going to happen, and the mistakes that she had made in the past, in the, well, I guess, past future, it's kind of hard to explain, but because she remembers the mistakes that she is going to do in the future, at least in her last run, I'm going to say it that way, because it gets a little confusing, she uses that to her advantage in order to make Mio look really, really, really foolish. And she begins to change her act because Arya in the past was known as a rebellious, un, uncultured, un, think of every un under the sun. And she was just not good. She was not a good daughter. 
And she was even a worse person because she would use her looks to her advantage and that would only get her so far. And the reason she felt this way was because she had believed before that Miel was like miles ahead of her, that Miel knew a lot more than she did and that no matter what Arya did, she would never catch up to Miel and her education. Of course, after being given the second chance, Arya begins to realize that such was not the case, right? Such was not the case in that Miel and her were essentially on the same on the same level, except that Miel took her studies seriously as a lady, while Arya didn't. And so Arya makes the most out of this opportunity to make sure that she does everything right and that the rumors about her being a bad child are dispelled. But that happens little by little in the story. In this case, when she is with when she's eating with her family, Again, she realizes the situation that she's been put in. She finishes her meal. She goes into the room and she realizes that there's an hourglass shattered on the ground. Arya asks her maid, what happened? Where did this come from? And her maid explains that she found it on the ground, shattered. She picked it up and she didn't want her to get hurt. So she wasn't sure what to do with it. She wasn't sure she was going to throw it out or keep it and show it to, the, to Arya. Arya jumps for joy, thanks God for the opportunity and she makes a vow that she will take revenge on the entire family because she was given another shot at life essentially she tells her maid to get somebody to fix this because this is something very important to her this is something that basically symbolizes that she was actually given an opportunity to redo her life so as mentioned before because Arya remembers a lot of the people from the future quote unquote and who is going to be who she tells her mother that she wants to take etiquette lessons and requests for a specific person to be the person to teach her etiquette and teach her how to be a lady. A governess is what they call it in, in the webtoon. Her mother, Arya's mother, is somewhat surprised because Arya was a brat and she didn't care for etiquette lessons. She didn't care how to be a proper lady. And her mother's like, very well, who do you want? Arya requests a woman by the name of Sarah Lauren, a very kind woman who you could tell has like no, <laughs> no evil bone in her body, who is just exudes kindness, is great with kids, and is just an overall good person in the story. Arya requests her specifically for the reason because Sarah Lauren in the future will marry a very powerful man by the name of Marquise Vincent, or is it Marques? I'm always confused on the pronunciation for that one. <laughs> Case in point is, the only reason Arya chooses Sarah is because she remembers that Sarah marries a very powerful man and nobility. And Arya is trying to gain as many supporters in her corner at a young age before her and Miel end up hitting, I think it's like 15, 16, where they have to debut. So that way she has people in her corner, unlike, when, unlike before, Arya had no one to defend her. Since Arya had a very bad reputation growing up and she remembers that she did, one of the, her first objectives is to make sure that this rumor about her is completely dispelled. So that way people don't think of her as a brat. So when they see her, they go, oh, the rumors were actually wrong. She's very kind and a well-mannered lady. <laughs> this is her first objective. And she also begins to learn how to do embroidery 
because that is something that young ladies are able to do and anybody who is no, a lady in nobility has this capability to do it, but not all of them are good, okay? <laughs> of course, she actually ends up learning embroidery, not for just the sake of because she is a noble lady now, but because she remembers that later on, she was trying to give a gift to her new stepfather before going away and Neil produced a very nice embroidery, which we learn later on that she didn't even sew herself. And so what she wants to do is give Aria, by the way, wants to give her stepfather a really nice embroidery that she made by hand to one-up Miel. This happens later on, obviously. And second, she wants to learn it because there is a prince named Prince Oscar who is set to be betrothed to Miel in the future. And she wants to give a handkerchief, which in the story it's explained that when a young woman gives a young man a handkerchief, it is a sign of like interest. So she does it for two reasons. One, to up Miel when um, her stepfather is going away. And then to make sure if something happens, she is able to hand the handkerchief over to Prince Oscar, but she does it in a way very, 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 very sneakily, okay? But as I said, that happens later on in the in the webtoon, and so I'm, I'm kind of dumping the gun there. But Arya begins to show how great her etiquette has changed when the family starts to sit down once more to have dinner, and the stepfather, Count Rosen, makes a comment that he needs to start a new business venture. Arya remembers what business venture her stepfather should get into. But Miel jumps first and says that she has been hearing around of this new leather corset that's been taking off and that maybe he should invest into that. Arya thinks to herself, she's like, I remember this. <laughs> I remember this corset because it was something that I also wore because it was supposed to be the latest fact. She recalls that the reason that it didn't stay as a fashion item for very, very long was one, that it was hard to dye, two, it was hard to produce to get the items for it, because this is leather, and three, there was a particular stench that this leather emitted that was very difficult to get rid of, <laughs> okay? <laughs> so she makes the counter argument about how, hey, stepfather, oh dear stepfather, I don't think that will be a very good thing to do because of all the reasons that she had stated before. She then mentions that she too was very interested in fashion and that she had heard a rumor going around that the princess of the kingdom, I think it's kingdom or empire, one of the two things, had left to go to a place up north to get something for vacation. And she ended up buying fur in bulk. Her father's like, where did you hear this? What happened? So Arya's like, I don't really remember where I heard it from, but I do recall that it's very nice to produce. It's very easy to deal with. The materials may take a while, but it holds color well and also it just doesn't have a pungent smell. Arya also tells her stepfather that anything that the princess wears is set to become the next hot ticket item. 
her father asks again, her stepfather asks again, where did you hear this? Arya pretends to be stupid. And she goes, oh, I don't really don't know where I heard this from. Where could I have heard it from? But she's doing this so that her father figures out what to do and who she had heard it from. Not to like get revenge or anything or find this person and track him down. Just to pinpoint exactly who she had heard this information from because depending who she heard it from, it may actually be a worthwhile investment. Long story short, the father does end up investing, but during the time that Arya is like explaining these things to him, he makes a comment to himself that he almost got swayed by a child. But he does take Arya's advice and does begin to invest in fur. During the conversation though, Miel is just embarrassed because when Arya articulately, is that even a word? When Arya explains very well, when Arya articulates all of these points correctly and succinctly, Miel's like, where did this, where did, where is this coming from? Why is she talking like this? And how dare she make a fool out of me? You could see it in her face. And Miel gets embarrassed and tries to then recite a poem. Again, Ari remembers this poem because when she tried to recite it, the full thing, by the way, she had been scolded by her older stepbrother who doesn't like her, who does not like her because it had denoted, um, not denoted, but the poem had been written by a prior family member who had taken their own life. Miel <laughs> doesn't know this, okay? Or she didn't, she forgot in her moment of embarrassment when Arya ex was explaining the new fashion trend to her father. Miel begins to recite the poem and her stepbrother is like, bravo, Miel, what a beautiful poem. Arya interjects very respectfully and is like, ah, yes, what a lovely poem, but I fear that Miel doesn't know the context of the rest of the poem. And, Ar and not Arya, but Miel's like, what are you talking about? So Arya's like, it's okay, you know, it's it's not common knowledge, but the rest of the poem is about a former family member who essentially took their own life. So I don't think it would be wise to say the rest of that poem. And Miel is mortified, mortified <laughs> because Arya said this to her and that she basically spoke without uh, spoke a poem without knowing the full context of it. Arya thinks to herself that Miel probably memorized the poem but did not realize what the meaning of it actually was. Miel's stepbrother, excuse me, Miel's older brother, who is Arya's stepbrother, consoles Miel, but Arya remembers that when she had made the same mistake that Miel had made, she got an earful for it. So she takes that into account. During these moments, Arya decides to go and pick up the hourglass that has now been fixed. So she goes into town with um, her maid and two guards to protect her. She goes pick up the hourglass, is very satisfied with the work that the man had done. And she notices on top of the shop's counter, there is a ticket. Arya knows what that ticket is. And in a moment of kindness, she tells the man that he should sell the ticket. Arya and the rest of them are not by themselves in this in this shop. There are three other hooded men there, and one of them catches her saying this and is very suspicious as how she knows this. As she's about to turn around and leave the shop, she is stopped by one of them, and he begins to interrogate her as to how does she know this information and why did she tell the shopkeeper to sell that ticket because it will do him no good. Arya beforehand had thought to herself because she remembered the ticket, Remember, she's explaining these 
events that happened in the past or future, future tense, because she remembered all of the stuff and she remembers that the specific ticket that the man had bought, the shopkeeper, was for a auction that was going to happen, but that auction ended up actually being stopped by royalty or by, by like knights of the palace because there was a issue with the person who was hosting it. And Arya understood that if the man had bought the ticket, he had possibly had gone into bankruptcy trying to get to get to that, um, trying to get a ticket into that event. And so she just tells him, you know, better sell the ticket. It's not going to do you any good. The other guys did hear about this and they start interrogating her. And Arya somewhat panics. Her cool facade kind of like drops and she panics. And long story short, he lets her go. He lets her go. And she gets out of the conversation by essentially telling him that, who are you to tell me what to do? <laughs> so she doesn't know who this young man is. It's a, it's shown that he is a young man of, with um, black hair and blue eyes. Arya doesn't recognize who this young man is and has no idea why in the world he is even grabbing her. She makes two points. She, she makes two observations. Either he is somebody who outranks her or somebody is very important and doesn't need to ask permission to touch someone or is somebody who is outside of the lines of nobility and has lived in essentially utter isolation or whatever the case may be and he doesn't know proper etiquette. She goes with the, with the latter. He doesn't know proper etiquette and she decides to just leave it as is. Of course, the sleeves are kind of shaken and they do meet again. This is something that's going to keep popping up every so often in the story. But in this particular case, they meet one more time. Uh, in this particular volume, they meet one more time before the volume ends. But I'm not going to spoil that. Remember, I'm trying to give you guys an idea of what it is. <laughs> I don't want to spoil everything. Throughout the rest of the, of the volume, Arya makes, her, makes it her mission to make Miel's life a living hell. Respectfully. <laughs> Respectfully. Because she's trying to do this in a way where she's not going to get in trouble, but she is trying to show Mio, like, you're really stupid, you're really dumb. And this facade that you put on, that you're, oh, too good for the world, or that you are too kind and, and generous, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is a bold-faced lie, and people should see you for what you really are. And she slowly succeeds. Of course, there are moments where things do end up drawing back and her life does get put into danger because of something that Miel set up. But of course, Arya being Arya somehow turns this around and puts the blame on Miel and Miel has to make a decision. Other events do end up transpiring, specifically what I mentioned before with Prince Oscar. And long story short there, Arya ends up being somewhat successful and the volume ends up with Arya's maid having this ominous feeling come over her because Arya is sending a letter back to Prince Oscar. Again, I'm not going to spoil that for you guys. If you guys are interested, I really do hope you end up picking this up and uh, figuring out exactly what Arya tends to do with Prince Oscar. I will say this though, Prince Oscar is again, Miel's betrothed, right? Future betrothed. Arya has no interest in this, in this prince. She doesn't, she could care less for him. She's just doing it once more to get under Miel's skin. I will say this though, I had a amazing time reading this, even though it is a revenge story. And I know that's not everybody's cup of tea, especially if the character also ends up being 
can you call this an isekai right because she does technically does she doesn't go anywhere else she just goes back in time and gets a second chance at life essentially but i did enjoy it i did enjoy it it is set in somewhat like a period drama so they're all in pretty dresses you know in suits i, I don't know the exact word for the kind of uh clothing that the men used to wear but you get the idea and I really do enjoy Arya's character because one, she's not a goody two-shoes in the sense where she's like, I can do no wrong. But it, and then it's just like a backstabber. No, she realizes she's not a good person. She still realizes she's not a good person. She's fully aware of what she is doing and that she is somewhat manipulating these people to make sure that at the end of the day, she covers herself if something were to happen or she had pe has people in her corner. Granted, there are moments where Arya does let the mask slip and is kind to those who need who who needs the kindness, right? For example, she didn't have to tell the shopkeeper what was going to happen or advise him to sell the ticket, but she did it anyway out of the kindness of her heart, which is one of those like slim moments where she drops the facade and is like, I believe it's best for you to do X, Y, and Z. And she leaves it at that. She doesn't say any more. Of course, her kindness ends up getting her into trouble with the stranger that I uh, mentioned before. But all in all, I really enjoyed it. If you are a fan of Webtoons in this sense, I would suggest picking up The Villainous Turns the Hourglass. I believe the second volume is going to be published soon. Uh, if you want to get, get ahead, I believe the Webtoons episodes have been published far far more into the story but as you guys all know i love if i have the option of picking something up as a physical i will of course if you are of the type of person that cannot wait until the second volume comes out like the physical copy then it is available in english i forgot through what website um is currently publishing the chapters but it's there. <laughs> it's there if you want to keep on reading. I highly suggest to pick it up. I really enjoyed it. It's has its its moments, right? I want to say it's still in the romance category, but right now things are, are building up. And I feel, at least for me, I feel like Arya is going to end up getting a redemption arc where she doesn't fully abandon her, her reign of terror on Miel, you know, her revenge story, but she does possibly show more kindness and more more resentment towards the actions that she's doing that's just me that's just me theorizing but i feel like it may end up going in that direction but we will see because usually with these stories the future ends up changing and things get thrown out of whack and that's when the character is basically put on a not a corner but their back is to a corner because now they don't know what's going to happen so again i highly suggest to pick up the, the villainous turns the hourglass Pick up the physical volume if you can, if you're somebody like me who prefers the copies uh, to be in your hand and not digitally. Of course, if that's your own forte, more power to you. But yes, 100%. I, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. It's not over the top. The pacing is just great. The characters are believable within their own right. And I love the dynamic um, between Arya and Miel. They're both horrible people. <laughs> who are trying to one-up but one is more upfront with what she is and Miel is more of a um manipulator on like the back end by using her supposed kindness right and her saintliness to her advantage 
But yes, as always, everybody, thank you so, so much for tuning into this other, this other episode, the fifth episode, actually, of the Chronicles, uh, the Charming Chronicles podcast. <laughs> How the heck did I forget my own podcast name? I uh, truly, truly blessed for you guys tuning in and taking time out of your day to listen into, into this. As always, everybody, have a good one. We will see each other in the next episode. Stay safe, stay healthy, God bless, and I hope to see you all soon. Take care.